Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen, and with me I have Kristen Guile and Cindy Kuzma. Good morning, Gina. Good morning. Hi, Gina. Hi, Kristen. I guess it's actually afternoon, so good afternoon, Gina. Maybe it's morning, wherever the listener is. It's true. It might be. It's Good always morning. morning. Or afternoon. <laughs> well, Gina and Kristen, I am really excited to have you here today. We are at Exchange 312, and we are talking marathons. I had the fantastic opportunity to talk with Jillian and Paul, the star and director of Britney Runs a Marathon, which is a fantastic movie. And they shared some of their insights about their big goals and some of the behind the scenes of the movie. But we wanted to take this chance to talk a little bit about our marathon experience, too, with the Chicago Marathon coming up this weekend. Um, all three of us have run at least one marathon, and we would love to share a little bit of our story with you. So, Gina or Kristen, do one of you want to start by telling us about your first marathon and why you decided to do it? So, I ran my first marathon back in 2014, and it was the Chicago Marathon, and I entered the lottery on a whim. I saw on the internet that it was the last day to enter the lottery, and I decided to do it, and I reasoned that if I got in, it was a sign that I was supposed to run a marathon. And if I didn't get in, it was a sign that I didn't have to run a marathon. So either way, I was pretty excited. And I got in the lottery, and it ended up being really great timing for my personal life. Uh, the Chicago Marathon was in October of 2014, and my mom passed away the month before. So training really gave me a very important emotional outlet for that time, and it helped me sort of have a structure and stick to a routine and set aside like specific time for thinking thoughts. And it ended up being really beneficial to me. So I did a couple more. Gina, what about you? Uh, well, Kristen, thanks for talking about that. I, I know that it's not always easy to talk about that too. And there are so many people who have run marathons for emotional reasons and and to sort of like work through something. Um, my marathon experience was, was sort of a whim. Um, I did not enter the lottery. I did run for charity. Uh, and I ran Chicago Marathon's 40th anniversary race, which was two years ago. Um, so 2017. And I ran for the Greater Chicago Food Depository. So I chose a charity um, and I raised money for the charity. And then I was just supposed to train and show up. Um, that did not happen exactly that way. I did raise the money, but it was sort of in the last couple of days. And uh, I did show up and run the race and it was delightful, um, but I did not follow a specific training plan. I, I sort of loosely followed the long runs and fit in some quicker runs along the way, but it was the most hectic travel summer of my life. Um, so what that afforded me was the opportunity to do long runs in places like Tahoe and LA and, um, and Las Vegas, which was terrible. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I did it nonetheless. Um, and, and I got the training done and I showed up on marathon day and it was a really good day. What about you, Cindy? What was your first marathon? Um, well, thank you both for sharing that too. And Kristen, yeah, thank you. Uh, you had actually talked to me about that once before for a story and we'll link to that in the show notes because I think it's such an illustration of the power of running in our lives and how that can really help us process some things. Um, my uh, motivation to first run a marathon was uh, much like Brittany's at first was to lose weight. Um, so I had not nearly so noble a purpose. Um, <laughs> I started running in like 2001, 2002, after I went to grad school, got married, had gained a bunch of weight. And that was just the, the easiest exercise for me to do at that time. Um, and I 
had been running for maybe six months and I saw a postcard for team and training, which was kind of one of the only charity groups around at that time. And I thought, hmm, this is interesting. And so I went to their info session. I was like, sure, I can run a marathon. So my first race was a half marathon. My second race was the Chicago Marathon in 2002. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. It took me five hours. I thought that would be the one and only time I would ever run a marathon. And uh, here I am, uh, what, 17 years and 22 marathons later. So it's yeah. also writing for Runner's World. Yeah, right. <laughs> Also very fast in a Boston <laughs> qualifier. <laughs> well, it's all, it's all relative. <laughs> I guess. Uh, so, I mean, my motivation, um, much like Brittany's in the movie, definitely changed along the way, though. I mean, it started as, as a weight loss kind of thing, but then it turned into a performance thing and just really became a powerful source of identity and meaning in my life and just a, a way in which I could set and achieve small goals that then reinforced to me that I could achieve other goals in my life. And I'm curious for you two if the marathon changed for you sometime along the way between the time you, you committed to doing it and the time you did it. You both kind of alluded to the fact that it did, but talk a little bit more about that. So when I committed uh, to running the marathon, I was like, I can do a training plan. This will be great. Um, but then my travel schedule exploded, which was a good thing. However, I needed to kind of figure out how I could hack it and find tips and tricks. So I, I actually, I consulted with Cindy um, here and there to sort of ask, is this a legitimate way to do a long run? Um, so for example, my 18 miler before the race, I split in two. And so I did 10 miles in the morning and eight miles at night because it was the only way it worked in my schedule. And there was heat that day and I just needed to make it work. Um, and Cindy was like, in fact, it is a legitimate way to do a long run. And then there was uh, another time I, I spoke with with you, Cindy, about the run-walk method, which you wrote about as well, um, as a way to run a marathon that's perfectly legitimate. And we'll link to that in the show notes too. And what I loved about that is it gave me an actual way to think about running longer distances um, that didn't make me feel bad about walking um, because it gave me times. So I could, in my training, run for eight, walk for one or two. Um, and then at the marathon, what I would do was I would run between the water stations and walk the water stations. But to answer your question, it changed along the way um, when it sort of went from I, I signed up and had great expectations and then I realized that I was crazy. And so as soon as I realized what my calendar looked like, I knew that I still wanted to do it, but I, I sort of had to make it a I will try rather than I will win and qualify for Boston. I forgot that I originally had set out to qualify for Boston because I thought that that was something I could do on my first marathon. And maybe one can but one should do that with a legitimate training plan. <laughs> what about you, Kristen? I'm laughing over here because I can easily picture you saying, I'm going to stick to a training schedule perfectly, and I know you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you describe yourself as a rebel who loves to cancel plans and change things up at the last second. So I'm gently laughing at you over here. Um so like I said, my motivation for signing up at first was more just to have a fun social thing to do. I know running long distances doesn't sound like a fun social thing to do right off the bat, but that year I had a really good group of friends who were all running the marathon and we had a really good training group and program that took care of us and I had a great time doing that. And so that was my main motivation at first. And then as my mom started to get sicker, it started to be a way for me to you know, set aside time to actively have unhappy thoughts and keep a little bit of sanity and structure 
to my schedule and to my day-to-day life. So it was more about like having a sense of control over the things that were going on outside of running. So changed a lot, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, as you describe that, Kristen, I mean, I, I am almost tearing up and running can be like such a powerful and deeply emotional thing. But there also are just some really light and funny moments I know that can happen in running sometimes. So in your training, in your racing, even if it wasn't uh, during the marathon, what's the kind of craziest running or marathon story you have? I got this one. So <laughs> my third marathon was the Grand Rapids Marathon, which I highly recommend. Very fun. But the week before, during my taper, I had a bachelorette party in Savannah, Georgia. File this away for information later. It becomes relevant. The day that we drove to Grand Rapids for the marathon, I started to notice that my feet were very itchy. It, it was the weirdest thing in the world. I thought maybe my socks had gone through the laundry weird, so I like took them off and like they kept itching. They just kept itching and itching. And eventually, my hands started itching too. And I had no idea what was going on. I was pretty convinced that I was dying. And to make matters worse, I called my dad, who is a pediatric oncologist and hematologist, and he had no idea what was going on either. So I was like, well, shit, like I'm screwed. (laughs) Something is wrong. Uh, I stayed up the night before the marathon, barely slept. My sweet friend Chelsea literally massaged lotion onto my hands and feet and did like some sort of voodoo witchcraft to hopefully make the itching go away. And I woke up the morning of the race and was not totally sure that I could run because my feet were swollen and throbbing and like really hurt to step down on. I was like, all right, I'm just going to try. I'm going to just keep going one step at a time. And if I have to quit, I have to quit. And somehow I made it through the whole race and I ended up running pretty fast and got my my best time uh, that I've ever run a marathon in, probably because I was so motivated to quit. And Mm. right afterwards, I went right into the medical tent and described my symptoms to some poor volunteer on duty. And he sort of scratches his head and he says, sounds kind of like you have hand, foot, mouth disease. And I had no idea what that was. Uh, If you're a parent or you're around small kids, you probably know that it's a highly contagious disease where you have dots and itchiness on your hand, feet, and mouth. And that's what it was. That's what it ended up being. And I confirmed that later because another girl who was on the same bachelorette party also had hand, foot, and mouth disease at the same time, only she got a wheelchair to carry her through the airport, and I ran a marathon. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we have very different pain tolerances, but that was my craziest marathon moment. Wow. Uh, Gina, top that. Impossible. (laughs) Impossible. But I I do have a a funny training story. Um, So if you know me, you know that on occasion when I like to look fancy, I get a spray tan. Um, glow out in Chicago. Shout out to Glow Out. So I was in Tahoe for uh, my best friend's bachelorette party, which I was planning. So I got there a day before everyone else to set up the house, to scope out the area, and to just get a general day of peace <laughs> to myself before the ladies showed up. Um, so on my long run, I went out. And I was running. I felt fast. It was also the weekend of the Celebrity Golf Tournament, um, which is an important event that happens at Lake Tahoe. And it, it was just really fun and cool and full of people and bustling. So I'm running through these crowds, and I feel like eyeballs on me everywhere I go. And I'm like, I look good. 
<laughs> I look so good. I'm running so fast and my form is awesome. Um, so I, I continue on this run just knowing I look good and I'm fast and awesome. But then I got back <laughs> to the hotel or to the house, I should say. Um, and I was washing my hands and I looked in the mirror and my white tank top was completely orange. <laughs> And I was, this is not Glowout's fault. I did not properly shower after my spray tan. And I had, it was just clear that it was spray tan in the shape of a sports bra all over me. So I had gone that entire run thinking I looked really good. Um, and I, I'm sure I did, but that's not what people were staring at. <laughs> they were staring at my clear, uh, spray tan on my white tank top. What do you have, Cindy? Oh, my gosh. Well, I feel like I cannot even come close to matching either of these. Um, in the Boston Marathon last year, 2018, uh, the weather was really terrible. If you uh, watched that race at all, Des Linden charged a victory in like a monsoon. I was uh, way farther back in the course. I had actually come in with an injury and wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to run. And it turns out I could. Um, but because I was running relatively slow and because it was freezing and raining, I had a jacket, I had a hat and a ear warmer to attach my hat to my head so it wouldn't blow away and it just the rain was coming down and it was uh, pretty miserable but also hilarious in its own way especially when I looked down at my arms and I started to see like foam in the uh, corners of my like on my elbows and like around my race bib and I was like what am I, do I have rabies or something what's <laughs> happening and and then I like could smell it it smelled like soap uh, I realized that like I apparently used too much detergent uh, when washing my running clothes. And so um, this was like suds. I was like going through the spin cycle during the race. I was like foaming. Uh, and so it just like, added an extra element to kind of brush that off. And I could only smile at that point. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was. That is one of my favorite photos of you of all time, too, is that photo of you running the Boston Marathon. And, like, you can tell that it's raining. Your outfit is completely soaked. But at the same time, like, you have the biggest grin on your face. And you just look so cheeseball happy. <laughs> I love that photo. I'm pretty sure that photo was when I could see the finish line. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be able to stop soon. But if you zoom in on that photo, you can probably also see the foam. So <laughs> we'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, well, I love that. See, running uh, encapsulates the highs, the lows, everything. And there are so many lessons that we can learn, including showering after spray tan, um, uh, preventing. I don't know how you prevent. You don't go to a petting zoo at a pirate festival. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, not the lesson I Life lesson expected learned. to learn from marathon. <laughs> also a very important lesson. Uh, and use less detergent on your on your running clothes. These are all all lessons we've learned from the marathon. But there there might be some deeper lessons that we learned along the way too. And Brittany certainly learned some in the film. Um, you know, including kind of the ways she has to let people in, and and also kind of what she has to do on her own in life. If you had to think about some of the deeper messages you've learned from running, or something I don't know, just something more profound that you took away from the marathon, whether it was a lesson you learned along the way or a feeling that you got when you crossed the finish line, what would you say? I think it's ask for help early and often. Um, so marathon, although it feels like a solo sport, it is certainly not. Um, it is best done sort of with the guidance and help of other people who have 
already done a marathon or who have expertise, which also translates to real life as well. Uh, life is not meant to be lived alone. Everything is better with friends, especially life, especially running. Um, so in, in running, in marathon, and in life, ask for help early and often, and you will get farther in a, a much more enjoyable fashion. I would say that it's important to have an end goal in mind, but be flexible with how you get there. All three of us here at this table have had the same goal to run, finish, perform at a marathon, but I think you have to allow a little space for life to get in the way and be flexible with how you achieve that goal. So if plan A doesn't work, you've got to be a little bit flexible and be ready to go to plan B, which Gina is an expert at and learned a lot about pivoting and setting different goals and different training methods and fitting it in where she could. So I think it's important to have that end goal in your mirror at all times, but not necessarily be rigid in the method that you take for your day-to-day routine or steps that you take to achieve that goal. Yeah. Pieces of what you both said um, really resonate for me. I mean, that I always go into a race with like an A, B, and C goal. And you have to adjust for circumstances. And then you have to like allow yourself to feel proud of accomplishing that goal, even if it wasn't like your A goal. Because if you don't, then no one else is going to be proud of that for you, you know? Um, but on the flip side, to your point about asking for help, I think also just allowing people to cheer for you was a big lesson that I, I've gotten through all my marathons. In fact, maybe that's one reason that I keep doing them is because that feeling of having someone along a race course for you just there to purely help you, to hand you something, to just like celebrate you is like really nothing else that I've ever experienced. I mean, I didn't grow up playing sports, so maybe if you were always an athlete, you always got that. But um, man, I tell you, it's really powerful. And I, I feel like everyone should like run a race of some sort just to get that experience. And you wrote a guide to spectating marathons too, didn't you? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I did. My husband and I did because he's like a semi-pro spectator at this point. <laughs> so uh, yeah, anyone ever needs tips for how to spectate a marathon? Because it's also a sport, by the way, spectating. Um, we we gotcha. <laughs> Well, I have not yet seen Brittany Runs a Marathon. It's on my to-do list, but would you guys recommend it? What did you guys enjoy about the movie? What should I look forward to seeing when I do get to watch it? Uh, I would say absolutely you should see it. I think it was highly entertaining. You'll probably laugh. You'll probably cry. And I think, too, uh, you know, if you've never run a marathon, it'll kind of help you understand why one would and what, what it takes to do that. And if you have, it'll take you right back to that first experience and that first finish line, which is, as we all know, a pretty incredible feeling. Yeah, I would absolutely recommend it. I, too, laughed and cried. And my parents went as well after hearing my glowing recommendation. And my mom and dad are two very different humans, and they both said that they loved it and laughed and cried. Neither has run a marathon. But what I found the most delightful in the movie, not to spoil it, and I will not, I promise, is that you get to meet Brittany's sort of ragtag crew of running friends um, who aren't people who you would necessarily put together in, in any sort of life circumstance, but they found each other through this running group and they ended up being just perfect for each other's sort of life and circumstances at that moment. And I think that's something that all of us have experienced, having people who you don't necessarily think uh, you would connect with in in most situations, but find that connection point and that friendship through a shared experience like a, like a marathon. So I think her friends are probably the best part of the movie, that and the romance. Oh, yes. Also very good. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there's no better friend than someone you've run 20 miles with. Um, yeah, so uh, absolutely. 
thank you both for sharing your marathon stories. We are super excited for all of you out there listening who are going to be running the Chicago Marathon or say the New York City Marathon or any other marathon in the future. And whether you are running a marathon, might run a marathon, or would never run a marathon, uh, go see Brittany Runs a Marathon because you'll love it regardless. Thank you so much, ladies. Have a great day. Thanks, Cindy. Bye. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset. When this I'm is Cindy Kuzma of the We Got Goals podcast, and I'm here with Jillian Bell and Paul Downs Calazo. They are the star and the writer-director of the new movie, Brittany Runs a Marathon. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for joining me today, both of you. Oh, boy. We're so excited. I took my shoes off. <laughs> Thank I you for that. <laughs> yeah. We, we show excitement in different ways. Yeah. So on this show, we ask two big questions. And since you are very busy people, I want to cut to the chase and just ask the first one. Could you each tell me about a big goal you've achieved, why it was important to you, and how you got there? And it could be related to this movie or to something else in your life. A big goal of mine was writing uh, a feature. Um, I've been a writer for a while now, but it's something that I, it's something I really love doing, but I don't often make time for it. And it can be very stressful to write on your own, especially if you don't have someone to go back and forth and say, what's a better joke than that? (laughs) Um, But I just wrote my first feature and I'm really proud of it. And I can't talk too much about what it's about, unfortunately, which would be probably more exciting than anything I'm saying right now. But it's now. called Press Tour. It's called Press Tour. Yeah. <laughs> um, the behind the scenes <laughs> look at this. Yeah. But I, but I, you know, I really took my time with it. A lot of times I feel pressure to rush and it's about, you know, especially with like a marathon, it's like, what, what was my time? Yeah. And, and with this, I sort of felt like, well, maybe I'll, I'll write the outline and then take time away from it and then look at it again and, and see what mistakes I made. And then, and then write the first draft and be okay that it's not going to be perfect. I'm a perfectionist with a lot of my work and, and it freaks me out to do that first draft. And then I sort of took a little time away from that and then got people's notes and got back into it. And then I took more time away from it to just sort of have fresh eyes on it. And I thought, you know, it felt crazy every time I took time away, but I, it, it really does help you figure out what, what the best story is. Oh, wow. Fascinating. So it was like giving it some space to breathe and giving yeah. it some time to breathe. We were talking about this the other day about like, if you look at your phone and the, you can't figure out a problem and you step away from it for 10 minutes and you look at it again, you automatically have the answer. Yeah. So I think it's that like, applies with writing as well. Did you ever take a tap dance class? No, I okay. have never well, taken I a tap dance. I taken them. But the thing about tap dance, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but you can't do it. They're teaching you the tap dance moves. You can't do it. You can't do it. You go to bed, you wake up and you can do the move. It's just something that happens when you take time away. Your body processes it, and suddenly you know and you can move on. That's not my marathon. That's not my goal. <laughs> what is your goal, Paul? It's a weird one. Um, I had really bad undiagnosed ADD all growing up, and because of that, I had no reading comprehension skills, really almost next to none. Uh, and I found a way to sort of navigate high school in a way that I could – sort of BS my way through everything. And it wasn't until I was writing on my first TV show that I realized that half of the job of writing was also reading. I I knew how to write and it was basically just dialogue for me and trying to write what I heard in my head, but I taking it in was much harder. And so I went back and I downloaded the syllabi from my high school classes and I bought all the books. This is like when I was 27. I bought all the books and I 
downloaded the spark notes and I taught myself really how to read as, as well as I could. And I continued on that journey until I really, now I love reading. Uh, and, and I've taken that to new levels now and I'm learning things that I didn't learn in high school and I buy textbooks and I do the, do the problems in the textbooks and try to just sort of learn, uh, what I didn't learn when I wasn't able to. Wow, that's an incredible goal. Congratulations. Thank to both you. Of you. Yeah. That's cool. Fascinating. Well, I want to make sure we do talk a little bit about the movie too. Um, and you have, I think in both of your goals reflects this too. In the movie over and over again, this idea of little goals keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if you could share where that came from and what it kind of means. Yeah, I think, it, you know, people dream big, which they should. And sometimes it seems like it's a one step process. You go from here to the, to the change, to the transformation. When in reality, change is hard. Success is full of failure. And looking at something that seems epic may seem insurmountable. But truly, even like when we're, you can probably relate to this, when you're writing, if you just think, I just got to get to the end of this scene. Right. I just got to write until the end of this scene. Or even say, say you've never written and you want to write something. And you're like, okay, if I write a page a day, that's it. Just one page of dialogue, which can go by very quickly if you're just going off of inspiration. In three months, you have a script. You have a first draft. You just, if you look at it as writing a whole script, if you look at it as writing, you know, 90 pages, you're not going to get there because you might in, be intimidated. Some people may, but if you just break it down into the little steps, into the little goals, it, everything is much more manageable, you know, and it's that, it's that age old sort of a marathon starts with a single step. Would you agree, Jillian? Yes. I mean, that's why it's so perfect that this was a marathon. I mean, if someone was like, well, I'm inspired and I'm going to just go run the marathon whenever it is. When is it? I'll sign up. They would stop after maybe the first mile or second mile if they're lucky. There are people that could do that, but not many. Not many. I mean, for me, I I was so intimidated to take my first run and... But if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't sort of failed it at the first time, but but said like, well, at least I tried and like, I'm going to try again tomorrow and maybe I'll go longer. Maybe I won't, but at least I'm putting in that effort to, to make that, that next step. It's, it's why little goals will work so well in the film. It's a perfect example of like how to just push yourself just to do the the most minor thing towards what you want to do with your life. And in the movie, it really comes from a character who's in, I mean, this is a spoiler, but we find it out early in recovery and that's part of the recovery process too. You take it one day at a time. And so if ever anything seems daunting or overwhelming, it's easy to remind yourself just today. And obviously another key message in the film is just, you know, Brittany realizes how critical it is to let other people help her in pursuit of her goals. Um, What message do you hope people take from this film about that? I mean, just that basically is that you, you know, it's, it's, it's great to sort of figure out what your own value system is and how you believe in yourself and what goals you want for yourself. But doing it alone, it's it's a very hard road. So you should open yourself up to people who root for you. And you can do that by figuring out how you feel after you hang out with someone. You know, if, do they have the best intentions for you or do they root for you only when you fail? You know, I, that's what I had to do in my life. Yeah, I think you had mentioned this at the event last night that how do you feel like you could go out for a run after you hang out with someone or not? And you should. You should leave something and not go, oh, I've had friends before where I say, okay, I'm going to have to plan for a nap after I hang out with them because I'm exhausted. I know. And the amount of energy you have to put out in the – or the persona you put on when you're with someone. What's the Marie Kondo, sparking joy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what part of your life sparks joy? That's Mm -hmm. the stuff to keep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And – 
So I wonder now, um, what is next for you two? The second big question we ask on We Got Goals is a goal you have for the future and how you plan to get there. So I wondered if each of you could answer that. You have to go first this time. Okay. Well, I mean, the <laughs> obvious one is the next thing I'm working on. And I, I'm, 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 I've been researching. I researched for two years and I've been, I'm, I'm approaching the year mark on writing the actual script. Very different than this movie. It's a historical thriller, but it has some levity in it. And it, uh, something I'm afraid of and it, I know will be a little provocative, and I like that about it. Um, but I want to get to the end of that. But I want to think of something more interesting than writing a script. Hmm. Maybe. Well, you talked last night about um, getting the metal rods put into your ankles and starting yes. a fitness routine yourself. So I yeah. don't know if that's something you want to talk about. Well, sure. That's there's no. I don't think I have any goals there. But I'll tell you that that was a goal. I had, I had terrible feet my whole life, and being on set for this movie made me realize that I couldn't stand the pain any longer. So. Quickly after we got done filming, I had surgery on both of my ankles, and I'm half an inch taller, and I have metal rods in both my ankles, but because of that, I'm finally able to run, which I was never able to do before, and uh, I do not like it. That's the, <laughs> That's the I do not like running. Yes. <laughs> this movie is for runners and non-runners alike. <laughs> so no marathon goals for your future? Not right? at all. Maybe a friend's marathon on TBS, and that's about it. A friend's marathon. <laughs> That's amazing. Um... My goal uh, would be to direct something. I wrote a short film. I'd love to direct that and just dip my toe in the water and see if uh, see if I like it. Because I'm not sure if I will. I really enjoy producing. I'm madly in love with writing. And sometimes I like acting. That's really the the, the list. <laughs> That's like uh, Mary, uh, Mary and kill. And yeah. You just kill acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, so yeah, I'd like to try it and see if I'm, if I'm any good at it. And also if I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. She'll be good at it. Yeah. And will you follow kind of the Paul plan to get there, which is, it seems like he just sort of, uh, you mentioned that you weren't sure you were going to direct this film. I had no plans then, to direct. Yeah. I wasn't thinking I would be a director. Uh, I didn't really know what directing was, but then I wanted to protect this story so much, and I really wanted it to be done in the right way, in a way that I felt was uh, compassionate and compelling and empathetic and daring and great. And so I, I asked if I could direct the film and sort of pr- proved that I was at least able to get on the right path to directing it uh, to the producers before they so kindly and generously said yes and supported me. But I think Jillian probably can just do it on her own now. She's probably asked someone and they'll say yes. No, that's not true. Talent radiates from this one. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I can't wait to hear more about both of those future goals, these future projects, uh, the ones we know a little about and the ones that we know a little bit more about. So thank you both so much for joining me today thank on the We you. Got Goals podcast. The movie Brittany Runs a Marathon is playing in Chicago now, and we'd encourage everyone to go see it. Thank you so go much. Go see it. Go see it. Please. Please. <laughs> Girl, I'll sit, I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. This podcast is a SweatLife.com production, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please, share it with yours. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, and if you have a chance to leave us a rating or a review while you're there, we would truly appreciate it. Special thanks to Jay Mono for our theme music, to our two guests this week, Jillian Bell and Paul Downs Calazo. Special thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing, and a huge thanks to you, our listeners.